what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, we've been quarantining and minimizing trips to the store. So what are businesses relying on? More e-commerce. And we've got one of the original e-commerce guys with us today, Nick Hawks, who started on eBay and has expanded to Amazon, Etsy, and more. We'll ask him what he sells on Tinder. And we'll be talking about some small businesses of the month and sharing some highlights of interesting businesses that you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Workforce Productivity and the Arts at Catawba Valley Community College in beautiful Hickory, North Carolina. Gary, how is it going today? Jeff, things are going well. Uh, The semester continues to go. We're in our sixth week, and we're very pleased and proud that so far, so good. Things are moving forward with uh, ordinary operations and ordinary as a, a real success story right now. Well, so so things are going well. I'm not sure we can call it ordinary in that um, you know we're still doing we're still in a pandemic. Last I checked, and and uh, we're we're still doing a lot of stuff online. What's uh, you know you know real quick you know what's uh, ha- how, how are students and teachers reacting to online classes? People, uh, we're hoping are, people are still learning some stuff. I think they are. It's uh, been a learning experience for us over the last six months and our students for sure. But things are going well. About 75% of our students are primarily online. And, then, and that includes also live WebExes, kind of like we're doing right now. And then we have another 25% are seated classes, which are our technical programs for the most part. That includes your anywhere from welding to engineering to machining. Uh, certainly our health school has their uh, programs uh, seated, at least the lab portion. And so uh, we're coping, uh, I think, really well. Our students, it's a challenge. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's a challenge for all of us every day because you, you worry about what might happen. Uh, but we're trying to move forward and uh, treat it as ordinary as possible. I use that word just because I, I'd like someday to say ordinary or normal uh, and get back to closer to what it was six and a half months ago. Well, we're, we're, we're all down with that. And and, um, uh, you know, and, and I, I commend you and, and the administration here uh, at our college and that uh, you know, safety has been uh, – uh, and, and the health of our staff and students have been at, at the forefront and, you know, knock on wood, we, we hope things continue to go well. So, uh, yeah, so we'll keep our fingers crossed. Um, so far, so good. Everybody, we have strong safety protocols and you know, our faculty and staff and students have certainly reacted well because it is a little bit of an inconvenience, but, it, you know, I'm getting to the point where a mask is just what I do and that's okay. <laughs> And, and for some of us, uh, you know, some of us who do podcasts and prefer not to have video, you know, masks might, might even be better. And I'm speaking more <laughs> for me than for you, Gary. But anyway, yeah. um, good. 
we're, we're talking about uh, the ordinary and changes going on and, and um, in terms of adjusting for businesses, you know, as we've dealt with this pandemic and people uh, have relied more on e-commerce. And we're very fortunate to have with us today, uh, Nick Hawks. Nick, are you out there? I am, Jeff. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Entrepreneur Exchange. And just a little bit of background about Nick. Nick uh, uh, has developed his own brand called MeCommerce, which is really tailored for the small business owner or individuals operating home-based businesses. He's uh, been featured in TV, newspapers, magazines. He, I don't want to say he started his career because uh, he's, he's not that young a chicken, but he uh, uh, was voted an eBay education specialist in Excellence Award winner. Uh, and has been a power seller and top rated plus seller on eBay with over 20 years of experience, uh, which is great. But he's also expanded into Amazon, Etsy, and he's worked with small businesses to create e-commerce stores on Shopify and, and other platforms. Uh, he runs his own small business. He's taught over 15,000 small business owners, primarily uh, through our small business center network uh, at North Carolina Community Colleges. So, so Nick, you've sort of uh, done a lot with e-commerce, you know, and I guess you're a pretty busy man these days. I am. Uh, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've been in all kind of different places, worked in all kind of different jobs, um, worked for the hard labor kind of jobs, worked in the cubicles, worked for big corporations. But for me, there's nothing like running your own small business. I love a home-based business. Um, people ask me all the time, how has your life changed with the pandemic. And for me, it really didn't change hardly at all. I already homeschooled my kids. I already ran a home-based e-commerce business. So it was business as usual for me. Not a lot of, not a lot of change on my end. Well, have you seen, you do a lot of work with um, small business owners. You do a lot of work with people that are starting businesses. Have you seen an increase in their interest in e-commerce or has it been a fairly common thing in that, you know, e-commerce has certainly been a trend that's been happening, you know, for the last five to 10 years. Oh yeah. E-commerce is growing every year. I mean, the stats show uh, in the easiest time period to check it is the Black Friday holiday shopping time period. It's such a short condensed time that it's really easy for the think tanks to run you know, condensed studies of sales compared to the previous year. And every year, e-commerce grows by about uh, an average of around 25% from the previous year. So year over year, it just gets bigger every year. You know, more and more people say, I'd just rather stay home and, uh, you know, click a button on the computer and buy my Black Friday deal than uh, go fight the crowds. And, and, you know, now with the pandemic, everything's changed anyway. And the good thing about e-commerce is it's a no mask zone. You mentioned those masks earlier. Don't have to worry about it when you're at home shopping on your laptop, your tablet, your cell phone. But yeah, I continue to see businesses, you know, uh, going this direction. And since the pandemic started, Jeff, I, I am just inundated on my website with emails from people that are, you know, lost their jobs, out of work, looking at this as the you know, perfect opportunity to start an e-commerce business. I get, you know, flooded with emails from brick and mortar small business owners saying, hey, we, uh, you know, we really need to, you know, get into some e-commerce. And, 
no one would have ever guessed six, seven months ago that this would have happened. Who would have ever thought that the whole world would shut down for, and who knows how much longer I know we're, you know, partially open, but definitely not normal. And, uh, you know, we're still limited in what we can do and where we can go and things like that. And you know, I see it all the time when I'm asked to give advice or, or help some small business or help a startup, you know, begin an e-commerce business, uh, definitely for the, the brick and mortar small business people, I find that, uh, you know, they've learned you can't put your eggs all in that one basket, Jeff. And that's what a lot of people did. You know, we never would have thought this would have happened. Mm. So our brick and mortar was adequate. It was plenty. And then all of a sudden when the world shuts down, oh, what am I going to do now? We were stuck shopping online for groceries and anything we needed for several months. Well, and and um, you know, even pre-COVID, you know, I, I you know, you're, you know, you live in a, a relatively small town, and and uh, the town that Gary and I are in is a little bit larger, but uh, certainly doesn't qualify as urban. So, uh, you know, for your brick and uh, mortar retailers, there are some limitations to how many customers they can reach until they. Uh, push the e-commerce button and and find that there's a there are a lot more customers out there. You know they they can reach the entire world. So it's uh, even before COVID, you know, great way to expand your your customer base. Uh, you know, during a pandemic, uh, for some businesses, it becomes a necessity. It was the only way to make any money. You know, I, I, I get dozens of emails some days from different business owners saying, you know, help me. I'm uh, you know, everybody's not getting government money, you know, some of the really small micro businesses, home base like I run, it's just me. I'm an army of one. There is no, you know, I'm not getting any supplemental funds from the government or anything. So you've got to, you know, figure out how to make a dollar and feed your family. And for me, it's always been e-commerce. I ran a brick and mortar store many, many years ago. And, and, uh, I remember when eBay was created and, uh, you know, it changed my business model. Within a few years, I had sold my brick and mortars and went totally all online. And it was a gamble back then. But uh, within about three years, eBay was 60% of my income. And I thought, hey, if I'll sell this brick and mortar, get rid of some of the overhead, uh, I'll have more time to focus on running a home-based e-commerce business. And I went for it and never looked back and never regretted it. I love it. Well, let, let, let's talk a little bit about eBay, eBay, because I suspect there's some people out there listening saying, hey, eBay, is that still out there? Is that a, is that a valid uh, e-commerce platform to be selling my products? So, uh, so tell us, what's going on with eBay this, this, these days, and, and how are people using that to, to move products and, and, and build their business? Well, that's funny you should ask. September, the month that we're in, this year marks um, – eBay's 25th anniversary. So, you know, a lot of people don't know eBay's been around that long, but uh, it's 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 an old platform, the first e-commerce platform. You know, and, and I, I guess it always had the reputation as the quote-unquote auction site. Well, it started out as an auction site many years ago, and uh, you know, everybody did seven-day auctions. It makes me think I can still remember my uh, first eBay sale way back in the day, I think it was 1997, I had a brick and mortar store and uh, I had a customer that would come in and uh, on her lunch break and she started, you know, we, we became not friends, but, you know, friendly with each other. And she came in pretty regularly and shopped and, 
you know, she was a collector like me and had all kind of antiques, collectibles, things like that. And that's what eBay started out as a place to sell your, your, you know, it was an online yard sale, but it quickly became a place to sell your antiques. And that's how I used it initially. And this uh, lady would come in and we, you know, found out we had some common interest and she asked, would I be interested in buying some of her stuff that she was ready to turn loose of? And she came in one day and brought me a whole box of items, and it was all related to the Beatles, the music band, the Beatles. Uh, Some newer stuff, some really old stuff, magazines, newspapers, figures, all kind of things. But the one thing I liked in the box was she had a little small metal Beatles talcum powder tin. It had pictures of the Beatles, just headshots of the Beatles uh, on it. And it was from London, England, still had talcum powder in it from the 60s. And I remember I put it on eBay thinking, I'm going to start out with this item. Put it on in a seven-day auction, started it at $9.99. At the end of seven days, that thing brought $550. And I thought, wow, you know, two or three more weeks of this, I'm retiring early. Of course, everything I sold on eBay didn't bring $550, but it really did get me off to a good start. You actually have a pretty thriving business selling on eBay yourself. Tell us a little bit about how you sell on eBay and how your business works on eBay? Well, I've been selling on eBay full-time since 1997. I sell a little bit of everything. eBay started out as an online yard sale, but it quickly became an online antique shop. And I have sold antiques and collectibles for over 30 years. But I sell all kinds of commodity items now. Uh, eBay transitioned from an auction site many years ago into a, a buy it now, fixed price, you know, an Amazon type site where everything just got a price tag. We've been, you know, uh, trained to buy things, you know, we want it quick, we want to get it shipped quick. We don't want to wait a week to uh, buy things in an auction anymore. So I sell a lot of commodity products, new clothes, glass jar candles. You hear the old cliche, I sell everything but the kitchen sink. I sell the kitchen sink. Uh, I have a, a source where I can uh, sell plumbing fixtures, mainly the Kohler brand is my favorite, but I sell Kohler sinks and faucets and all kinds of plumbing fixtures. So it's a really big variety of items. I don't try to be Walmart though. You know, you can't try to sell everything. Uh, if you try to, you know, if everything you see that's a good deal, you buy it, it seems to me like you end up running out of either spaces to store your inventory while you're waiting for it to sell or you run out of money to buy things with because, hey, I'm buying more than I'm selling. So I like to keep it, you know, three or four or five uh, item categories going on. So if one slows down, I've still got, you know, more products that people are still wanting. And uh, that works really well for me. I've been doing that a long time, but I still love selling antiques and collectibles. And, you know, eBay is the place where that originated and it still is the place where everybody goes for that. So I'm amazed when you can sell, you know, high end antiques to people online. I remember the most expensive item I ever sold years ago, back when the cookie jar craze was at its peak. I sold a little pottery cookie jar on eBay for $4,600. And, you know, it just amazes you that people will pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for items and just looking at a picture of it online. So it's a great way to to do business. You know, if you put that out in your brick and mortar store, you'd wait, you know, for years, maybe never and find somebody that would pay four thousand six hundred dollars for a little piece of pottery. Well, well I, I know that Gary's been spending a lot of time cleaning out his garage, so you know, this, this may well be of interest to him. This is a big deal. Uh, my wife is going to be very excited. 
at getting to her long-term goal of getting rid of everything that I have kept for the last 30 years. Uh, hey, I know how you feel. You're not going to get that much for those golf clubs, Gary. I'm sorry. No, I'm afraid. Or Wake Forest memorabilia. Hmm. Yeah, There just aren't many of us around. Yeah, a little down on Wake Forest lately. Maybe they'll come back. Yeah, we're hoping. By the way, I, I'll take this moment. I had to uh, say, Nick, when you talked about the Beatles and having to remind people who they were, that made me even feel older. <laughs> well, uh, so, so Nick, um, you know, we're, we're talking about eBay, but but obviously Amazon is sort of the big elephant out there these days. Where I got to think that there are a lot more eyeballs out there on Amazon, and and I would think that that's if I'm a small business, you've got opportunities to sell on Amazon, but it can also be pretty intimidating. I would think you know how do you how do you work with the businesses to help them with Amazon. Amazon is is a totally different animal than eBay. You think they're the exact same thing and you know when you look at the premise of both they are, but you got to remember Amazon sells its own products. eBay doesn't sell anything. They discharge commission and want us small businesses, home-based businesses, people just cleaning out the closet, the garage, the basement to sell on their platform. Now, eBay does have the big box stores. They've got Targets and Gap and Old Navy and GNC and all the shoe stores. You know, all the the strip mall kind of stores and the big box stores, they're on eBay, but they're also on Amazon. But like I was saying, Amazon sells its own products. Over half of everything listed on Amazon is their stuff. They don't always label it their stuff. But, you know, Amazon is notorious for when a third-party seller starts selling products on there. Obviously, they're, you know, watching everything that sells. And if they're doing really well, Amazon will swoop in and just buy the whole company. And then instead of getting a commission off of the sales from that popular item that the, this company's selling, they now make all the profit off of it. So you have to compete with Amazon directly on their website. And that means they won't share things with you that eBay will. Not trying to steer you away from Amazon. It is the biggest e-commerce platform in the world. A lot of people don't know the stats on Amazon, but you know, obviously because of the coronavirus, their sales are way up. Last time I looked at their sales, they were saying that their sales were up 76% from last year. So, so Nick, I would think that uh, you know before Amazon's going to try to knock you off or or buy you, and hey, if you want to buy me, I might I might be interested in that, but I'm I'm afraid they're probably going to be more interested in knocking me off. I suspect that the my sales are going to have to be pretty significant on on those sort of products. Oh, sure. I mean, they're not looking to buy the, the small home-based business, but I don't know if you remember the Ring doorbell company. You know, they started selling their products on Amazon and done great with them. And, uh, you know, Amazon just bought them, paid a little over a billion dollars for this little small company. And now, you know, it's still called the Ring doorbell company, but it is totally owned by Amazon. So they just buy companies up. They leave them in the name that they were when they purchased them. So a lot of the things on Amazon, you don't know it's an Amazon product. And they sort of like that because um, they don't want you to know everything's you know theirs. And it makes it harder to compete because they don't want to share information on search engine optimization, keywords, meta tags, because that would help you to better compete with them. They like the, they like the commission that they charge us, but you know they'd rather make the profit that they get from selling their own products. And it makes sense to keep that name. That it makes it seamless, so people just think they're buying from the same folks. 
it, it, yeah, it's the same brand that I always, you know, bought from. And, uh, you know, they don't have to legally tell you that they've changed ownership or anything. And not trying to say Amazon's a bad, uh, a bad Apple at all. They're king of e-commerce. I mean, last year, their sales uh, for retail e-commerce sales, they've got over 60% of the market. That means of everything that's selling in the retail world online, Amazon had over 60%. It was actually about 62%. Their sales last year were $282 billion. I mean, there's nobody close. eBay is the closest online competitor. And Walmart.com is a distant, distant third. People think Walmart's the king of sales. They are in the brick-and-mortar world, but they're not even close to Amazon. You see all the publicity that Walmart tries to get. You know, we're going to compete with Amazon, but everything they've tried has failed miserably. Uh Every, you know, most of the big box stores waited too long to get into online sales. And Amazon got in on it early, did it right. They sell everything to us during the coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic. Look, that's where we went and bought groceries online for several months. Most people were sourcing their groceries from Amazon. They were already a huge online grocery uh, supplier. But now there's people that will never go back to the physical brick and mortar grocery mm-hmm. stores for some of their products. They've gotten used to Amazon. Hey, this is easier than I thought. I can even get it cheaper. And people ask me all the time, why is Amazon so cheap? Well, there's way less overhead in you know, having your merchandise stored in big warehouses instead of giant, you know, like Walmart with their giant super center kind of stores that are really expensive, takes a lot of money to staff them, to turn the lights on every day. That overhead means you've got to charge more. So Amazon has the perfect business model. And that translates down to the small business too. Um, You can also do that with a small business. It's cheaper overhead. So so when you're directing uh, people to to different platforms, do you have... uh, uh, you know, what, how do you recommend one over the other, or do you tell people they should be on both? When people ask me which, where should I sell, and it definitely depends on what you're selling. If you're making your own product, then Etsy is your website. They're a website that's been around for about 15 years. They are a niche market for people that makes their own products, artists, craftspeople. That's your place. But if you're selling commodity kind of items, it's an Amazon, eBay world. And if people say, which one should I be on? If you can, do both. Both of those sites will let you list items for free and only charge a commission after you sell it. So those fees vary, but for Amazon, mainly it's going to be about a 15% commission. eBay charges about a 10 to to 12% commission. So they're pretty similar. eBay's a little cheaper to do business on than Amazon. When I sell the same item on both websites, I can price it a little cheaper on eBay than I can on Amazon. And then when people goes and Googles that item looking for it, they'll see it more expensive on Amazon and cheaper on eBay. And I use my own products sometimes to market and uh, promote you know, my eBay site because it does charge a little less commission. It's cheaper for me to sell there. And, you know, if they see the same product on Google and it's cheaper in one place than the other, it's my product on both sites. But it, you know, sends people to me. If they're just Amazon loyal people, you know, I'm, I'm going to use my Amazon Prime kind of thing. Uh, you know, I make a, a, a little bit less sometimes or sometimes I have to mark it up and charge a little more to make the same profit. But uh, I still get them either way. Okay. 
Um, so, so uh, Nick, you've mentioned several platforms between Amazon, eBay, Etsy. Um, you know, what's the cost to be uh, selling on these platforms? Are there what are the commissions? What are the expenses? You know, what you know, help us understand that. Well, Amazon has two plans. They have a professional selling plan that's $40 a month. You can list unlimited number of items, and they charge an average of about 15% commission. But Amazon also has a uh, an individual seller plan that allows you to list things for free, and then you pay the same commission of about 15%, but you pay an extra $0.99 cent per item fee once your item sells. So it's totally free to list it in the individual selling plan, you just pay a dollar extra in the same commission. And eBay, it depends on how you've got your eBay account set up. If you're just a, a brand new eBay seller, they charge 10% commission and their payment service is PayPal and it charges 2.9%. So it's going to be about 13% to sell on eBay, 15% on Amazon. But eBay does have what they call eBay stores, which are your own websites on eBay. And they start at $4.95 and go up to hundreds of dollars a month for the big box stores. But I have a basic eBay store, and they're $21.95 a month. And they let you list hundreds of items, but you can list on eBay for free. If you're just a brand-new eBay seller, they'll let you list 50 items a month for free and then pay that combined commission of 12.9%. Etsy is the cheapest. Etsy only charges 5% commission. And then their payment processing fee for credit cards is also 3%. So it's going to cost you about 8% to sell on Etsy and uh, about 13 on eBay and about 15 on Amazon. And uh, the, the whole shipping thing, you know, these, these days, you know, uh, everyone's telling us that uh, shipping is free. Well, you know, spoiler alert, shipping ain't free. And uh, <laughs> I, I assume it's getting built into to pricing models one way or the other. So uh, now I, I know there's also a way that if you want uh, Amazon, you can use Amazon to actually warehouse and, and ship your inventory out as well. So how do, how do the different platforms handle shipping inventory management or is that is that falling on you as a small business owner? So all three of them, eBay, Amazon, and Etsy has what's called calculated shipping built into the back end of the websites. This is the the shipping software of the post office, FedEx, UPS, where it's based off of zip codes, buyer and seller, and the weight of the item. And it gives an accurate amount of shipping. So if somebody's looking at a blue shirt that I'm selling on eBay in California, it shows them it's 12 bucks. And somebody else is looking at the same blue shirt, and they just live right down the road in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. It's only going to be 8 bucks. So it shows accurate shipping. But uh, there are different ways to do it. And you mentioned Amazon and their FBA. It stands for Fulfillment by Amazon program. And, you know, if you're living in a one-bedroom apartment, a studio apartment, or I just don't want to mess with the shipping, it takes too much time, and I'd rather spend my time sourcing merchandise than shipping merchandise, Amazon has a nice program that you can actually send them your inventory. They'll put it in their warehouse and uh, they tell you when it's in their warehouse, in the computer system, you still list it just like normal. They don't do that for you. You still list the item, price it, describe it all yourself. And then when it sells, they do the shipping for you. They put it in their Amazon box. They put their labels on it, their packing materials. They do charge an extra fee. So it varies depending on the size of the item, how long the item's been in storage. But it will add several 
you know, percentage points to the commission. It'll go from 15 to 20, sometimes 25%. So it gets more expensive, but the other side of the coin is it frees me up to go out and source merchandise. And that's really where we make money. You make money as a business owner when you buy things to resell. And that just means if you bought products that are in demand and at a good price, you made your money. You got to sell it before you realize your profit, but you made your money when you make a good purchase. And that allows you to do that more and not have to worry about shipping. And if you're limited on space too, where are you going to store all this stuff? You start renting these mini storage units. I've seen lots of businesses uh, go broke. You know, they're back into the uh, too much overhead kind of thing with I've got two or three mini storage units that I have to pay for each month. That alleviates that problem too. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. And, and I know you also work with people on on the sourcing end of uh, the equation. And, uh, you know, that, that could be a conversation into itself. But uh, you know, any, uh, any tips for people if they're out there saying, hey, I've got an idea for reselling this type of product, you know, what, uh, you know where, where should they be? What should they be thinking from a sourcing perspective other than finding a reliable provider and, uh, and a good price? Well, I tell people all the time, once you come up with what you want to sell, you know, it, it, you, you need to make sure I've got a reliable source, a source that's cheap enough that I can be competitive in the market. And that comes down to research. You have to be able to do research. So it's a little harder to do if you're going to sell on Amazon, because like I said earlier, they keep a lot of things secret. Amazon doesn't want to share SEO secrets, what's selling and the numbers of things that are selling, because they may be selling the same products that you are, and they don't want to give you the advantage that they have. I know that sounds unfair, but if you were running your own website and letting other people sell on it, you would probably do the same thing. You make more money when you sell your own item than the commission off selling somebody else's item. So there are products out there, and there's a website that I like to use. If you have an eBay store, you get it for free. It's a website called terapeak.com, T-E-R-A-P-E-A-K.com. And it allows you to do extensive eBay research. You can actually go back in time up to three years and see past sales history on eBay. It also has some Amazon past sales history on it, too. So that's really hard to get. And uh, it's really valuable information. So if you're, you know, thinking, hey, I'm going to sell, you know, a, a widgets, my made-up hypothetical business product here. I'm going to sell blue widgets. Uh, you know, you got to find a place that uh, sells blue widgets cheap enough for you to be competitive. But you also need to look and see does does anybody even want blue widgets? What's the supply and the demand look like on Amazon or eBay for blue widgets? You know, is it too many of them out there? Not enough people buying them? Are they seasonal? All those kind of things come into play. Well, that's a lot to be thinking about. And uh, uh, Nick, I know, uh, as we said, you do a lot of work with uh, small businesses throughout the state of North Carolina, and you've got a pretty useful uh, website uh, out there that can help people. If people want to find you, where should they be looking for you? My website address is www.12teachyou.com. That's the number one, the number two, the word teach and Y-O-U. One two teach you.com. I've got a schedule on there of you know free webinars that's upcoming for different community college small business centers all over the state and free handouts for people that need you know some uh, take home information and all kind of resources. Well, and and you know if there's any 
positives to a pandemic. Uh, our small business center and many throughout the state of North Carolina are now doing their programs as webinar, webinars. So you know, whether you're in North Carolina or Alaska or whatnot, you can uh, hop into one of our webinars. And if you go to uh, Nick's website and see uh, see a schedule, you'll you'll see information about eBay, Amazon, selling on shop, uh, building a program. Uh, e-commerce site with Shopify, a lot of different things out there. So uh, check it out, and, and uh, you can you can uh, you'll, you'll learn a few things. So so Nick, we very much appreciate you joining us today. You got if you got a minute, we're going to do our lightning round with you. Are you okay with that? Oh, sounds good. Okay, well this this uh, month our lightning round is being sponsored by Ned Ryerson Insurance. Whole life, auto, flood, home can't have enough insurance. Stay safe with Ned Ryerson Insurance. You should check it out on the internet. So, so Nick, I'm going to throw out some questions to you. Now, these are quick questions, so go with your gut, okay? I'll try. All right. First question. Favorite vacation spot after the pandemic subsides? Ooh, typically, my family, we like to go to Atlantic Beach out on Bogue Island. It's just uh, really still an, an old, slow beach, not very many people. It's not crowded, uh, great food. We like that Atlantic Beach in the Outer Banks area. Next question. When you're at the beach, what's your beverage of choice? Ho, ho. Well, I'm a North Carolina boy, so I like to drink cheer wine i don't know if anybody's familiar with it it's a salisbury north carolina based product you know pepsi's a north carolina based product too and you're right there at newburn where it was uh, you know originally created but i'm a cheer wine guy cheer wine's special to us in north carolina it is i like it that and crispy cream donuts there you go. all right nick what is your favorite pair of boots and how much did they cost you oh that's a good one uh oh I've got a pair of spotted lizard boots that I like. They're really hard to find, and uh, I, you you won't believe this. Maybe you will. I bought them on eBay. They're like $500 boots, and uh, I buy boots on eBay all the time from people that buy them and don't like them or buy them still brand new, and I think I paid like $75 for them, and they're Tony Llamas, a really you know expensive name brand for boots if you know your boots. So uh, I'm an eBay guy. I sell on it, but I also buy on it. All right. Well, as far as your wife is concerned, let's stick with the $75, okay? There you go. All right. You, you might have given us a hint to this one, but your preference, Beatles or Rolling Stones? Oh, boy. That's tough. I'd probably go Beatles. That's a tough one, though. That's a toss-up. You, you can't go wrong either way. Yeah, either way is good. All right. Your last question. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, boy, that's a good one. I don't know. I'm thinking flying would be pretty neat. You know, that old Superman kind of thing. Uh, get rid of the traffic jams. You know, when we're in a regular world, Jeff, I'm traveling all over the state teaching seated seminars in small business centers at community colleges. A lot of travel time. Sure would be a, a nice just to be able to fly to them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us today on the Entrepreneur Exchange. I, it's, it's always a pleasure to work with you. Uh, and uh, appreciate all the uh, help that you're providing to small businesses and our, our clients throughout the state. And uh, as uh, we said, you can check out Nick at his website at www.12teachu.com and check out his calendar. You can check out a lot of free resources and 
and learn a lot about uh, e-commerce and selling online. So, Nick, really, really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a pleasure. Great to have you. Well, and, and Nick, stay on the line for a little bit, uh, but uh, Gary and I are going to wind things up with our, our small businesses of the month. So, Gary, uh, what you got on tap for the small business of the month this, uh, this time around? Okay, Jeff, thanks. My small business of the month is Rice Fun, which opened its third store in Conover on July 31st. They celebrated their opening with a free buffet and a dragon dance, which I think you would have liked, Jeff. And I hate I missed it. As I say with many of my small business of the month, I'm not just a fan, but I'm a satisfied customer. And Rice Fun has certainly got me as a loyal fan already. Rice Fun's a Chinese restaurant. Food's outstanding. The facility's clean. Service is great. Kevin Liu, the owner, delivers the food to the customer's table and or brings it out to the people if they're ordering uh, takeout like me. I want to give Kevin a big shout out for his great food and service, but also for his support of our work uh, with exploring ways we can assist people in trying to build programs to support our hospitality industry and our community. You know, it's, that's, that area has taken a big hit in the last uh, six months, but they're fighting back and doing a lot of really cool things in our neighborhood to help the hospitality folks, which helps us as customers wanting to get out and get back to that normal. He also, as I mentioned, has restaurants uh, in Statesville and Mooresville, which were the first two that he opened. And he's looking to open several more in the upcoming years. So uh, Rice Fun is my business of the month. All right. Rice Fun. Sounds yummy. It is. All right. And the uh, my small business of the month, um, I, I, I guess it was an article I saw in one of our papers um, business called outdoorclassrooms.com and a little bit of background uh, it's actually part of a company called bien and stock natural playgrounds which is a canadian business has an office in denver colorado and traditionally they design and built school playgrounds but when the pandemic shut schools down in march uh, that really uh, you know killed that part of their business uh, so uh, company founder and the principal designer, Adam Bienenstock. Uh, his father is actually an immunologist. I'm probably saying that wrong. Talked to him about what was going on and, and basically came out with an idea to create a log-based outdoor classroom called OutClass that schools can set up in less than a day. And he said his year-over-year inquiries for his products from school administrators are now up about 600%. He said, normally in August, you can't get hold of anyone, but we've actually had superintendents calling us, which is freakish. While several major metro public school districts have expressed interest, he's still a little disappointed by having to jump through some of the bureaucratic hoops, uh, but he's been selling a lot, and the thing is moving very fast, he says. So they designed out class so that classrooms can be converted into play structures whenever schools return to traditional indoor instruction. Uh, he said, I'd prefer to be doing play-based stuff and not have to deal with any of this. But if this gets people to realize that teaching outside is a great thing, we should have been doing this more before the pandemic, then I'll take it. So if you go to www.outdoorclassrooms.com, you can see some of their offerings. They've got like uh, log seats, desks. They've even got coverings so that if the weather is bad, you can be protected. Um, so they've got uh, a lot of cool things going on there. So check them out. That's our small business of the month. Uh, 
uh, outdoorclassrooms.com and their out class program. So anyway, very cool. I want to thank, uh, again, thank uh, Nick Hawks for joining us. If you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. Uh, check out Nick, uh, as we said, at www.12teachyou.com. Uh, and uh, we look forward to talking with everyone again next month. Have a great time. Take care. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.